0: Today's episode comes from some notes I took while I was at an event two summers ago in California called the QB Collective, which is some of the best NFL coaches coming together and instructing some of the best high school quarterbacks in a a camp setting. And as part of this, Mike Shanahan was there and he talked about this idea of protect the team. I had never seen a presentation like this he had some incredible examples and as we get into the season here i thought it was important to share this one again so i pulled this one out of the archives if you hadn't heard it before it's definitely worth a listen if you have heard it before it's definitely worth reviewing so here's from my notes protect the team i had a unique opportunity here this past week to head to california number one guys who coach out there what a beautiful state you guys have Uh, It was an incredible visit, including part of it, which was dedicated to attending the Quarterback Collective. I have a whole podcast on the Quarterback Collective with Richmond Flowers. We'll link that in our show notes, and you get an idea of how that all came together. But basically, it is some of the best coaches in the NFL who attend this camp to train quarterbacks, some of the best quarterbacks in the country. They give them really a glimpse into how they do things from – the way things are installed, all the way to what they do on the field with their different drills. So it was an incredible experience, and part of that, uh, a fresh page out of my notebook, comes from a talk that I sat in on with Mike Shanahan, Super Bowl champion, retired NFL coach. And the idea that he started this with his presentation actually was a couple hours long, where the players uh, were able to sit in on that. We did have a few breaks in there, but Sit and listen to what it's like to install uh, the offense and to, to be a part of an install in the first few days of camp. And the very first thing and one of the main objectives that coach talked about was the idea of protect the team. And in this particular presentation, it was uh, of his son, Kyle Shanahan, installing these things with his team on film. So you saw a lot of examples on film, and you heard Kyle's voice as they went through and installed this idea of protect the team. I think this is vital. This is critical. This is something you need to think about for your teams as you head into the season and how you can best serve the coaching staff as well as the players. I had the opportunity to talk with Coach Shanahan after his presentation and spent a few minutes with him, especially on this particular idea. I think it's so important. I think this is something you need to think about installing with your team and making it very intentional. I know these are a lot of things as I go over some of these ideas that we talk about as coaches that we'll point out as coaches, but are we truly intentionally installing them and making sure they're part of what we do? Again, protect the team is the number one objective. And so throughout this, as Coach showed video, that came up again and again. Protect the team, protect the team, protect the team. So what does that mean? Well, in practice, we're not going to take any unnecessary shots on teammates. We're going to stop and take ourselves out of situations that could cause injury if we finished a, a teammate off. Certainly there are going to be those points in practice where it is full go, Uh, but even in those periods, if there's the opportunity to really take a shot in something that might be detrimental to the future of the team because you lose a player, it's something you want to avoid in practice. I know this is something that constantly has been uh, a focus in my coaching career, and as especially as I got into the college level, really focusing on how do we keep those players ready for game day and not lose them in practice. Uh, A colleague of mine, uh, our defensive coordinator, very good friend Jim Meyer, used to always say, let's not sharpen the sword dull. The idea that um, we certainly want to get better in practice, but we want to have everything available 100% for game day. So that's kind of the focus behind this idea, which Coach Shanahan presented. This concept of protect the team is something that was part of the day one install. It was the first thing that Coach Shanahan started speaking about. And then again, it was reinforced throughout practice. They spent time on it every single day pointing out examples. As I thought about this and talked to Coach Shanahan later about how important it was that we look at this as coaches uh, at every level I think we start to think about, okay, well, how can we accomplish this? I know a lot of teams don't necessarily film practice or maybe don't have that library of film that you could create some of those things right now, but I certainly think you could go out and demonstrate these different scenarios with your players uh, and walk them through exactly what you're talking about and define what it means to protect the team. So I'm going to point out some of those areas here uh, in you know, both from Coach Shanahan, some ideas I have of my own on, on how we protect the team throughout a practice. The very first thing that Coach Shanahan pointed out on video was that opportunity to take a shot on uh, an offensive player, really even on a, a defensive player, uh, who's not in a position to protect himself. One of those that uh, definitely is a win for the one taking the shot and a loss for that guy who's taking it, and avoiding those situations, getting to that point and shutting it down, not finishing through on those particular teams. And I know the argument would be, well, if we're not training that in practice, then it's not going to happen in the game. I really believe you have plenty of opportunities to be able to to practice that, and I think a lot of it really is instinctual. I mean, our players are out there. They're going to continue to be aggressive. We're not softening our game if we take some of these hits out of practice. And, you know, more and more of the rules are – taking away some of these hits anyway. So being able to do it in a controlled way or to get to a point where you know it's going to happen and you shut it down, I think, is very relevant to what we're doing right now. And it's just good practice for us in protecting our own players. So uh, he pointed out an example where a receiver caught the ball coming across the middle and he was about to make that turn up field. There's a safety on him with an angle. And that guy just, Cleaned them out. And, you know, one of the things Coach pointed out is there was a coach there uh, celebrating that hit. And obviously, that's a situation that we're not only teaching this to our players, we're also teaching and installing this with our coaches and giving some ec- expectations to what we want. That hit was not necessary in practice. That's something, again, uh, if things don't go the right way, we might lose that player for a little bit uh, to an injury. And we want to avoid that at all costs. We want our own players to make it a game day every single week. So there's no need to put them in unnecessary risks. So not only is this training the players about what is right and wrong, it's also training your staff to understand exactly what it is. And the the end result, and something Coach talked about, is that you want to get to the point where your players are coaching this. This particular presentation was really for the players, for those kids attending camp, and, and the point being to these quarterbacks that you have to protect your team, too that yes, this has to come from the coaches, but you guys have to understand that this is our standard of practice. Protect the team is an objective and a standard of practice that we need everybody to buy into, that we need everybody on the field to be coaching up. So if you see your teammates doing that, shouldn't always be the coaches who are getting on them. It's the players who should be correcting that behavior as well. The next example we pointed out was actually a defensive holding. That situation where that Offensive receiver uh, makes a break, maybe it's a double move, uh, maybe he's a- able to get on top and start getting away. And the point being that a holding at that point, when a player is in full stride, again, can cause one of those, uh, not a-, a collision, but cause both players to either to get rolled up, to go to the ground, uh, to to stretch and strain in a way that... Um, maybe is going to put them at risk for some kind of uh, a soft tissue injury, whether that's a a rolled ankle or a knee. And it's those situations on that defensive holding in the field that we want to avoid those kind of things. There may be situations in the game where, yes, you know, if you're getting beat, you want that train. But, again, we want to avoid those in practice. I know years ago we – implemented in practice especially as the week went on it was the right of way to the ball that we had those situations where uh, maybe it was that 50 50 ball or maybe was that opportunity where a defender was getting beat uh, to do something to hold that offensive guy and keep him from making the play uh, but we get got to a point with our scout team uh, especially during the season where we were training them that um, on these particular days or in these particular periods the offense has the right of of way to the ball. And we learned the hard way. We had a Thursday practice where uh, we had one of our starting receivers got tied up with somebody uh, because they were both going to make a play on the ball. And it really wasn't necessary on that particular day. Yeah, the ball was a little bit underthrown. We certainly don't want that to happen. But in that situation, we want to define who the winner is going to be. So we would make those periods, and we would announce at the beginning of it that the offense has right away to the ball, that the receivers had right away to the ball, and that would mean that those defenders, unless there was some kind of a a clear interception, that anything, there was going to be a play in traffic, uh, that if there were going to be two guys going up for the ball, the defensive guy could stay in phase and just run with him but wanted at all costs to avoid that contact where they would get tied up and we had that opportunity like in this particular case where we had a strained uh, MCL as a result of that play. So we want to avoid those situations at all costs. The unique part of this is that it wasn't focused just on one position or a couple positions that coach went through and pointed out things for every single one. Holding on the offensive line is another example. The whole idea up front was if you're beat, you're beat, Uh, that you don't need to necessarily – do something withholding or something illegal to try to win that play. Uh, it's, it's going to get caught. Maybe the coach misses it, but the whole idea is what we're trying to uh, train here is uh, a standard that we don't do that in practice. We certainly don't want players to hold in the game, but we want to avoid those situations again, where it causes somebody to be in a position of, of risk. And so anytime that uh, you are, uh, committing a penalty really those those are in the game um, number one to keep it fair but also to protect players so holding is another thing you wanted to avoid the whole idea really for any player but especially the interior guys if if uh, a teammate was off balance don't finish him off right you get him to that point you know you're going to be able to put him on his back you have him beat that's the idea where you throttle it down and he's beat and at that point, he knows he's beat as well. Now, again, you need to define these in your periods. You need to come up with uh, the the system for what does, what is this called? I know a lot of us use the contact standards of thud, full go, tag off, all those kinds of things. You need to define that as well. And just looking at the practices I attended this past spring, every single coach would talk about the, either the tempo, some of it called it the tempo of this period, uh, but whatever that might be, the levels of contact, wh- whatever you're going to do, define that at the beginning of the period and what's the objective for that so your players know. And then again, you're meeting that standard of protect the team. Pass rush. Uh, he talked about and showed examples of a bull rush as an example. That bull rush is very effective. But one of those things where that offensive lineman is beat, don't continue driving him back into the quarterback. I can think of an example as a player. Well, we, if this was in high school. We lost our quarterback in practice because uh, an offensive lineman got driven back into him. Uh, he didn't get hit, but when he followed through on his throw, his thumb went right into the helmet of that player, and he broke his thumb, and we lost him, I think, for four weeks of the season till he was able to get back. And that was a huge loss for us, especially at the high school level when you maybe only have one guy who's that level or that caliber of player to lead your offense. So you're going to want to think about all those kinds of things and, and, again, define those, especially the ones that are going to make a difference to your team. Defensive linemen, when we have those exotic blitzes where maybe we – you know, we're able to find that gap and, and come through clean. Don't stand in front of the quarterback. Don't uh, don't buzz the quarterback, really veer off, get out of the way, stay out of any situation where you're gonna cause contact. You're gonna have all those opportunities to work some of those things in individual. Uh, you're gonna have the opportunities maybe during live periods to get there and, and make that tag on the quarterback. But in the normal thing scheme of things, you're gonna want to Stay out of the way of the quarterback. That's where some injuries can happen. The coaches see it. The point was the coaches are going to see this. We see that you won. We know that you won. You know that they that you won. Your, your opponent on the other side of the ball on your team knows that you won. So don't do anything that's going to put the team at risk. Again, the standard protect the team. This doesn't mean that you take all of that aggression out of your players. It's doing it, especially in the 11 on 11 situations when there's a lot more moving parts. You know, coach showed an example of kind of that chain reaction where one guy continues, finishes uh, an off-balance player, that guy falls and goes into the knee of another player. Maybe that guy falls and, and reacts and another player goes down and eventually in that, what becomes a you know that that uh, car wreck on a freeway where all these cars are banging together. You're going to have something bad happen there. The idea was within these situations where more and more they get chaotic. Uh, you're going to want to have your players uh, throughout practice, especially as you get into the season. Being able to do this in a c- controlled way and the idea, again, to protect the team. Now, certainly when you have isolated drills, when the space is clear and you're able to work on some of those things like finishes, they're a lot safer in your drills than they are in the 11-on-11 11 11 period. Speaking of drills, we recently had a podcast on band drills in the NFL, and I did have the opportunity in this camp to talk to several NFL coaches about that idea of the ban. And, you know, I think I mentioned it in that podcast that the NFL really hasn't done those for years. So why are they banning them? Why are they making this public announcement that these shouldn't be in NFL practices? And really, I think a lot of that, and especially in talking to these guys, they confirmed it, that this is designed to, to help us take a look at that, to realize that we don't need For example, that Oklahoma drill where we're aligned on the same exact plane with no defined entry point for the ball, with no defined gap responsibility, and we have two players who essentially end up with head-to-head contact, and we want to avoid that at all costs. Those coaches agreed with me that that doesn't happen in football, that they haven't done those for years, that it doesn't have a lot of value for them. Now, I did offer some alternatives in that last podcast to how do you make those drills better how do you make them more relevant to the game and essentially uh, eliminate some of those risks that are taken in the traditional way they've been taught so please take a listen to that podcast as well we'll put that link in the show notes the other one that came up in talking to two offensive line coaches two nfl offensive line coaches was the idea of team run Versus inside run. And those guys really not doing the inside run anymore, that it becomes a team run period where there's that opportunity for some play action. I know at the college level, I'm watching those in the spring, they had a lot of RPO installed in there. They would throw some bubble screens to the receivers or even quick game, uh, as well as some of those play action shots and boots and naked. So thinking of a team run. Rather than that situation where there's only one thing happening, where you take the read out of the game, not only makes it more effective from that standpoint of making it really truly uh, applicable to game day, you don't know on game day that it's going to be run or pass on a particular play. Now, you may have those tendencies, but at the end of the day, your players have to go through their reprogression on that side of the ball. And the offense, obviously, is going to face a a different demeanor from that defense when there is that opportunity of run and pass. So the team run period, which is, again, a combination of run and play action, I think are very effective ways of protecting your team and something you need to look at as you go into this season. To wrap things up, I highly recommend you take some of the advice given by Coach Shanahan to really install this as part of what you guys do look at it daily if you film practice point out those things from practice if if you don't film practice point out those things that happen the key is to be able to get your players on the same page with you and when they start looking at these things when they start protecting each other i think that's going to be a great situation if you don't have the film to illustrate them think about how you can Orchestrate and create those scenarios where you can show those players out on the field those different things you're talking about before you hit that first practice. Install it with your team. I think with anything you do, if you're not specifically addressing it, installing it, bringing it to their awareness and teaching them that standard, you can't expect that to happen on its own. So coach it up and make it part of what you do. And best of luck with your preseason.